Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We had a week off and we are back. There is a Scotland squad to announce. Both pro teams won. And the lads are off to a wedding this weekend for a big piss-up. So, guys, how are we feeling? Matt, you hyped for it all? Yeah, I'm just mainly looking forward to Alan's speech, which, you know, no, yes. no, no pressure, but this is like a first, first wedding for a lot of people in you know, quite a while. Uh, not not counting Dave's, you know, I, I think there's quite a lot riding on this. Yeah, I'm going to have to that, start writing it tonight, probably, so should be all right. <laughs> <laughs> how many, um, how many like, Scottish rugby slash Thistle exclusive kind of jokes are you, are you putting in there? Yeah, there's a pun- punchy Dodson metaphor in the first minute, so we'll <laughs> see how that goes down with the, <laughs> the uh, greater Manchester crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not from Manchester. Yeah, no, I think he is. Or, yeah, because yeah. he. Yeah, no, he might be there. <laughs> I'd, I, I would I'd love it. I <laughs> <laughs> would so funny. That um, would that would that would generally be incredible. And you've like built your whole speech around this great joke about Mark Dodson, <laughs> and he's just staring you down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, it's, it's super exciting. Straight off the back of two pro wins um, and we've got a Scotland squad to dissect before four Scotland tests kicking off um, a week on Saturday um, against Tonga. So a big part of today's episode is going to be talking through the 42-man squad announced by Gregor Townsend. But we will also look back to... Two, we'll look back on what I don't know if anyone would describe them as thrillers, but two pro wins at the weekend. Um, 
we won't talk about it right now, but Alan, what do you think Jay-Z was doing for the Glasgow Zebra game? Do you think he was watching it with like the whole sort of Rock Nation gang? Or do you think he does like a sort of catch up on social media? Well, I guess, you know, that was the that was the one o'clock kickoff, wasn't it? So what, Jay-Z's probably 8 a.m. in New York. He's yeah. a family man now. He's not, he's not really sort of like a party. In his loft in Brooklyn. Loft like- in Brooklyn, letting Beyonce sleep in. Baby's up. Jay Z's just chilling, chilling on the sofa. Glasgow Zebra, um, and yeah, having having a real, just a real nice Saturday morning. Do you think? Do you think Jay Z knows who Lewis Bean is? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort. This is the sort of world we now operate in. Lewis no. Bean goes over for a try, and Jay Z's just going absolutely bonkers in Brooklyn. <laughs> I am excited to see if they can at some point do like a merchandise collaboration with some of like the Rock Nation stars, just like a fat Joe wearing a, bur- a burnt orange training top. <laughs> that would be such a good collab. <laughs> that would be great. Why are we not more involved with the general day-to-day operations of World Rugby? It's really strange that we don't get more call-ups for that sort of stuff. That'd be so good. But before we get into all of that good stuff, a quick word for our sponsors uh, for the start of this season, Citizen Ticket. Absolutely delighted to be kicking off the season with them. If you are an event organizer, venue, or live screen creator, you absolutely need to check out Citizen Ticket. It is a free self-service website that helps you sell your event tickets or live stream experiences. Scottish rugby fans may well have already come across them. Um, if you were buying tickets for the Super 6, what a fucking great tournament that was, and the Edinburgh City 7s. So if you've been through that process, you know how simple and uh, easy the Citizen Ticket platform is to use. So if you are planning an event, get onto the website, that's citizenticket.co.uk. And if you enter the code ThistlePod, that's ThistlePod, when you create your account, you will get a reduced in-booking fee. So how good is that? Thanks very much to the guys at Citizen Ticket. But let's get into the big news um, of the week. Gregor Townsend's named his 42-man squad for the uh, upcoming Autumn Nation Series. Um, Kickoff a week on Saturday against Tonga, followed by a brace of absolute belters, Australia and South Africa coming to Murrayfield and then finishing off with a great game against Japan as well. Um, Alan, I'll come to you first and just ask, First reactions of the squad. What did you think of it? I mean, one question for you, for you both. Why was the training squad announced last week, and then some players dropped, and then obviously the England and France players added this week? What was the purpose of that? Was it just because there was a training camp over the last week that some of them went to? It's a really yeah, good question. It's it's strange. I think definitely um, since the squad was announced and Townsend spoken to the press, a few guys have dropped out because of injury. Like, I think Cole Forbes has dropped out because of injury. James Lang has dropped out because of injury. Yeah. But I but I agree. It, but then cut, and then maybe... Cur- well, the other three were Matthew Curry, Blaine, and that Charlie Savala guy. So maybe they just got them in to, like, be involved, yeah. in, the, be involved in the process if they were in for sort of, like, a day or two. Yeah. It was just a, it was a short camp. I guess it's just to get as many people involved for a long enough period, I suppose. And with people like Savala, like he's never really going to be in contention for a Scotland squad, really, is he? At the moment, certainly. So just no. making up numbers? Yeah, no, 100%. No, it's good. I mean, I think obviously last week, you know, Dylan Richardson was kind of the um, 
the big surprise, which is always great, especially in the Autumn Internationals. Out of all of them, I feel like Autumn's become the one where like the surprise pops up. Yes. So it was nice to have one because I think last last year, I don't think there was one, um, which kind of disappointed me. But yeah, and also kind of an in- actually like a really interesting one. Clearly someone that has been on the radar for what they said, nigh on sort of four years. Mm. Still really young, like clearly like well thought of, even in South Africa from some of the press that's come out, kind of that sort of yeah hooker slash back row, you know, potentially with Watson kind of getting a little bit old and then obviously with McAnally and Brown kind of getting to the end of those careers, pretty feels like a, a very great addition to kind of the overall sort of Scotland pool. Yeah, absolutely. And and Matt, you were you were commenting that obviously it's a it's a pretty broad squad and there's some uh there's there's plenty of people I imagine it'll be it'll be narrowed down when we get closer to game weeks. But it's a pretty solid twenty three you can take out of that forty two. Is this just a further signs of sort of Townsend trying to build that depth? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I think that he, he was talking today, yesterday, about the fact that Blair Kinghorn is being considered as a 10 for this series uh, for, for the tournament game sorry and he'll be competing with Ross Thompson which I think is is a really interesting development and just shows that they they want to at least have the option of having him as a as a 10 beyond Russell and Hastings who you, you'd like to think of the number one and number two I, I think if you look at the squad as a whole it's really interesting in in both the the opportunities it will give players for that Tonga game to try out the likes of maybe a two below two um, you know, I, I give Carl Stain a shot. Um, maybe Rufus McLean, people like that. Maybe even like, you know, a, a Roy Dard, for instance. Um, which I think it'd be really interesting to see how those guys go, who've definitely merited their places in that squad. And then when you look towards the bigger tests uh, against South Africa and Australia and, and Japan, like you can put out a pretty tasty twenty-three, as you say. Um, and it, you know, there's maybe some areas where we're a bit light, maybe second row because of injuries, Johnny Gray and Scott Cummings, and and that sort of feeds into the back row. But but overall, like you can put together a, a, a decent side, as I say. Absolutely, and we put it out on um, on our socials, asking for your comments uh, earlier on today. We'll start with, I suppose, shock of the squad. So that's an inclusion or an omission. Um, quite a lot of people. Citing Johnny Gray, obviously returning uh, from injury. Um, Velikot, I think we touched on it on our last pod. Are you guys still a little bit surprised that after his sort of fairly scintillating Scotland form, he's not he's not made this wider squad? I think, and I think Townsend said this in in some of the press. Is I think clearly there's a lot of really good scrum halves at the moment, and yeah. you know Scott Steele as well is someone who. Has actually played really well for Scotland when he's when, mm. he, when he, over the last sort of twelve months. But I guess if George Horn's going to be that backup nine, then ultimately it does give you a little bit more flexibility to bring someone like Dobie in, who, whilst obviously not the complete package, probably out of all the scrum halves in Scotland, has by far the most scope for progression. So I yes. think that I think ultimately, if it was going to be. The, who's going to start? He would probably pick Velikot or Steele over Dobie, but I think because Dobie's so clearly that third scrum half in the squad, it's going to give mm-hmm. them the opportunity to bring him in. And obviously, as there always is on Twitter, huge amounts of um, 
support for Rory Hutchison and anger that he's not making this sort of squad. Is that tampered a little bit, Matt, with the return of a sort of an old favourite, the old sort of warm woolly jumper of Matt Scott? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good to see Matt Scott in there. It's part of a lesser team. We've been absolutely killing it this season. And whilst in previous seasons, I think he's sort of gone in and out of that team. It, it seems as if he is a first choice centre there now. And if you've got someone who's starting for the premiership leaders, like I think that's enough to get you in the squad. I, I think, um, I don't know if Hutchinson has been playing that much for Northampton this season so far. And I suppose with Sam Johnson returning to a bit of form, um, you know, and, and obviously Chris Harris is, is an automatic selection. He's, he's probably, you know, uh, unlucky to miss out. You know, I still think, I don't think to Pelotu, he's been good, but I don't think he's shown anything that would suggest he's a far better player than Hutchinson. But I suppose Townsend's had a chance to look at Hutchinson in camp and playing for Scotland. So I think it kind of makes sense to, to try someone out a bit different. And I, I think you could probably apply that to Kyle Stane as well. Yeah, Northampton Saints have played sort of four or five games this season. And I saw Hutchinson's started one. And it seems relatively clear that I think Chris Boyd now sees their starting centre partnership is Fraser Dingwall and Matt Proctor. And Hutchinson seems to be kind of more of a kind of flexible option off the bench. Which also brings up a slightly more interesting question is, obviously, Fraser Dingwall has a Scottish dad, Mm -hmm. has been involved in Scottish age groups got called up to the England squad last year, never got capped and hasn't been called up to the England squad this time. Still still 22, but I wonder how much they've been in his ear and, you know, ultimately, if he's looking at a World Cup and he's not getting it, specifically in this England squad where I think Eddie Jones yeah. has been quite clear that this is a squad that's been picked very much looking at the, the kind of the 2023 Rugby World Cup. I wonder... How how much Fraser Dingwall's head could be turned because clearly you know he he has you know even more so than someone like Bevan Rod, like he has literally played for Scotland age groups previously. Mm. <laughs> so and I think you know obviously Cam Redpath is probably if all are fit the starting choice at twelve for Scotland, but he's so injury prone and and yeah. Dingwall is a is a quality operator. Yeah, definitely. I think. Um... There was someone, I'm trying to find it on Twitter, I, I think it, I want to get the name right. Um, someone pointed out that Finn Smith, who is a young Worcester standoff, who's played for England under 20s, and I think he's only 18, 19, um, starting for Worcester this weekend with obviously Doohan outside him, is uh, Scottish qualified, which I didn't realise, which is another interesting one. Now you're talking. He, he I think will probably be thinking of himself as like potentially an England 10, but obviously it's super competitive. Um, and yeah, his granddad uh, played for Scotland and the Lions back in the day. So yeah, Gareth Reynolds on, on Twitter. Thanks for the shout out. Um, but yeah, another interesting Scott abroad, which I didn't realize. Well, I reckon we should tap up Bevan when we're in, we're down near sale at the weekend. <laughs> Get him. Do a little get bit, do a little bit of work get for the Exiles program. Yeah, get get him along to the wedding. We'll get. I'll bring him as a plus one. So we can work on him for the evening. <laughs> See if he fancied it. It's always good to have our eyes out onto various other Scottish players that that might 
be available. One of the other questions that we asked out on um, social media was who was going to be the sort of the breakout star of autumn. Now, obviously, the Tonga game gives us that slightly different fixture outside of the traditional international window, which will rule out the players based in England and France, which has got a lot of big names in it. Alan, is there anyone in that sort of young bucks crowd that you're expecting to sort of be a big breakout star this autumn? Well, gutted that Cole Forbes is, is injured because yes. I do love him. and The most Kiwi man ever. The most Kiwi man ever. And I think the only two potential 15 options for that Tonga game are going to be now Kinghorn and Hoyland. And obviously Hoyland feels he is much more of a sort of winger. And Kinghorn even, you know, the, the chat seems to be that he's potentially picked more for for being a 10 so it'll be interesting I'm a bit bit annoyed that he's not been able to sort of take that role up because I do think Cole Forbes is just such a quality operator but I think Rory Darge has got it he's he's clearly the 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 person that's been most called out by kind of people on on social media and I think just the way he sort of ended last season the way he started this season I think clearly he's almost becoming kind of the the next in line now behind Watson. Watson will take it to 23 and then Rory Dars just comes in sort of straight after similar sort of type of player as well. I yeah, think um, absolutely. It'd be, it'd be really interesting to see Dylan Richardson uh, just because obviously he's, he seems highly rated in South Africa, but I just haven't seen enough of him play. And I think this is potentially quite a good opportunity for, for Josh Bayliss to bring mm. himself to the selection discussion. I, I, you know, he's, it's unlikely, that I, I think, at the moment that he's going to break into that Richie Watson, Fagerson um, starting back three. But you know, in a bad side that are really struggling this season, he has been probably like one of their best players and was was very consistent last year. And yeah, I think he adds a nice option in there. So he he could potentially, if he's got a shot, um, maybe turn a few heads. Yeah, I suppose he, as a, as an English English bass player, he probably won't be available for Tonga. But we're very interesting to see if he gets an opportunity to back, perhaps towards the tail end in Japan or in maybe on the bench in, in in a couple of those bigger games. What about our sort of um, the sort of the new faces? Do you expect to see people like Tua Pilotu, Richardson, Showman sort of capped pretty early on to get them sort of safely tucked away? As a as a Scottish player for the for the for the foreseeable future, just get it all locked in. Yeah, just lock it all in. To be very just like field like eight uncapped players just to get it done. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, to be fair, two Pelotu, I have been pleasantly surprised with actually. Agreed. He's like been less of a sort of one trick pony than than I thought he was going to be. He's he's actually got better sort of distribution skills. Um. And so I think he's actually quite a useful player for Scotland to to have. So no, keen, keen to get him locked in. And then obviously Rufus McLean, who, when he gets kind of chance with ball in hand, kind of continues to look absolutely electric. So keen to get him as much game time as possible. I think even potentially when you look at not got a lot of depth on the wing, he could potentially get a look in for a few of the other games as well. I mean, it's it's not as if like, People are clamoring to catch, uh, to cap Sioni Tuesday, right? Like, <laughs> it's not as if Australia are like, ah, oh, why do we let this guy go? Played like five games to the Rebels. Yeah. Still, I, mean, I think it's worth giving him a shot. Dave Rennie's it's- probably looking at his form at Glasgow, being like, I want that. I want a bit of that. <laughs> it would be great. It would be great if he sort of, I don't know, picked up an injury, a small injury, couldn't play in the squad, and then turned up 
one of Rennie's rebels. I feel like Rennie has a bit of sourness about his time in Scotland. Maybe just do it just to kind of put like just a little knife in the back of Dodson. <laughs> it, would, it would genuinely be the most narrative thing ever if two Pelosi's named in the Scotland squad, but then actually lines up for Australia against Scotland <laughs> on the 7th of November. Yeah. How fucking good would that be? If you're an uncapped, like unused sub, does that still mean you're tied? I think you've so, got to get on the pitch, don't you? Yeah, you must do. I wonder if that's what happened before. On the bench for Scotland, and what you say is that, what, Rennie comes over and he's like, actually, you can come on for us. That'd be what? class. And then Tooney tells <laughs> to Pelosi to go on, and he refuses to come on the pitch. Yeah, it's like the reverse, like, Kepa for Chelsea when they try to get him off. They're like, but yeah. no, actually, I refuse to go on until I can play for Australia. <laughs> <laughs> It's, what did you think about, just thinking about the surprise, just thinking about Rufus McLean on the wing and then the kind of bit around kind of either surprise, inclusion or omission, Sean Maitland not being in the squad? Yeah, well, there was, I, I can't remember exactly when it was after maybe the last game of the last Six Nations, France maybe, when there were rumours of him and Townsend having a bit of a fallout. And I wonder if that has carried on and that that's the reason why he's not being picked. Because... Yeah, I mean he's he's playing still playing for for Saracens are doing well and we just know how consistent he is. Um and and when you've got some young back three guys in there, you you'd like to think that he would he'd feature so it's it's a a bit of an odd one. I suppose for the next World Cup I think he'll be like 34. Maybe there's a sense he'll be a bit long in the tooth by then, but he'll be 35 at the next. He's 35. 33, so okay. 35 at the next one. Yeah, it, it does feel. I don't know. It feels as if something maybe is going on there that you know a, a bit beyond below the surface slightly. Another area where I think we were discussing off air that Scotland maybe look a little bit light is in the second row, obviously with Johnny Gray still recovering from injury alan what what do you make of the the sort of the boiler room options going into the autumn light does it does feel like the one area where just suddenly there there isn't a lot of depth and obviously you know that is just with johnny gray and cummings being clearly like the incumbents for the last probably like 80 yeah. months but having them both at the squad and and then with tulis out and gilchrist probably not in as quite good form as he was sort of two three years ago you suddenly start feeling like there there isn't there isn't much depth there. I think good who you have- start who are you starting? Let's sort of put Tonga to one side. Who are you starting against um, Australia? It's difficult I, with the line out, and if it does feel like I, I don't know enough about line outs in general, but it does feel like Gilchrist is that sort of like the line out owner for Edinburgh, and potentially with a lot of with Cummings and Gray out potentially want kind of an older head in there maybe Gilchrist and Sykes it depends whether Skinner then comes if, if Skinner comes into the to the back row or if you keep him on keep him on the bench yeah. one or two of Gilchrist Sykes and Skinner and potentially if you don't think you need Gilchrist in the row potentially I would go Skinner and Sykes buy sh- buy shares in Marshall Sykes we said it a few pods ago I think Marshall Sykes has looked like the stronger open play operator between him and Gilchrist when playing for Edinburgh in the opening games of the season, I would say. 
But again, I, I appreciate that Gilchrist brings a lot more to the set play than I probably understand. <laughs> Matt, you were at a wedding with um, Grant Gilchrist. Did you talk line-out tactics at all, or did it not come up? Uh, it didn't come up. Um, That's a shame. He is, like, in the flesh, the biggest person I've ever met, I think. <laughs> He's so big. He's so tall. It's, like, comical. It is always completely bizarre when you see a professional rugby player in the wild. What are the... So, just think, what the... Is there any other options apart from those three in, se- in the second row? I guess Crosby and Rob Bayless Hart. and Harley. Hodgson. Oh, God. Who the hell saw Rob Harley coming back in? <laughs> well, he was, but, in the, he was in the Six Nations squad. Yeah. He's been in the last two squads and never... I don't think he's featured. Like, he was on the bench against France. Yeah, he was. But Death taxes and Rob Hart. Harley. I keep thinking he's like 37, but he's only 31. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The guy has been around for so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously it's just we've got so many injuries in that position at the moment, but he can't even... Like, Lewis Bean is starting ahead of him. Like... He he can't be a Scotland option any longer. R- Richie Gray, <laughs> yeah, Richie right. Gray, yeah. Richie Gray's not in, and it feels like Richie Gray potentially he didn't start his career with Glasgow in in a particularly glorious way. But I actually feel like he's whilst not being amazing, has looked relatively solid for the um, for the kind of opening few games this season. So I'm a little bit surprised that he's not in either ahead of Harley or probably ahead of like Jamie Hodgson. Yeah. yeah. No, I that when I saw it, I, and you are right. He was in the Six Nations squad, but still, kind of thought that's a little bit different, right? Six Nations is is more about the here and now than the autumn internationals. I international. I appreciate for Scotland, you you can't be as maybe long term orientated as, mm. as a couple of other nations, but even then, for something like with with Tonga coming up, I don't know. It's uh, it's just a little bit surprising. But it'd be interesting to see if he, do, he does get any game time. And I guess having him on the bench means you've got someone who's relatively versatile. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I'm, really, I'm, re- I'm really, really interested to see what that Tonga team looks like. It, you would think it's going to be an opportunity to blood huge amounts of new, new talent and try out new things. But what do you think is the strongest? And Matt, I'll come to you first, but it's probably going to be a group discussion. What do you think the strongest 15 is? for Scotland at the moment. So not for the Tonga game. For- not for the Tonga game. Think about Australia as like the first yeah. proper test. Everybody is available. Full noise Scotland. 
I guess, where are we? And has there been any significant changes from that sort of, I guess, the France game in um, what March, whenever it was? Yeah, I did actually, when I was on a work call this week, um, <laughs> get out the team. So uh, I think from memory, it was Sutherland, Turner, Fagerson. So Turner incumbent in the two jersey? I think so. I think that Fraser Brown's, you know, had his injuries recently. And I, I think McAnally's maybe struggled a bit for form. And Turner last season was class in that role. Agreed. I don't think there's too much debate around the props. Um, if you go to the second row, like you're, you're, you're struggling a little bit with those injuries. Um, I think I had Skinner and Gilchrist. Yep. Um, back row, I think Watson, Richie, Matt Fagerson, um, which I don't think there's too much debate around with the options we've got. Uh, Fagerson's not played a huge amount. I suppose. But. No, you might. And then, I don't know who else you'd put in. Maybe that's a chance of Josh Bayless to come in. I don't know. Yeah. Um, then in the backs, I think I had Price, Russell, Johnson, Harris, Graham, Dice Graham, Duhan, Hogg. Yeah, the backs, the backs are much easier. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Alan, have you got any dissenting opinions on, on Matt's fifteen? Not massively. I think one of the interestingly, George Turner's not had a lot of game time. Yeah. And yeah. kind of potentially appears to be behind Johnny Matthews. Yeah, John, well, Johnny Matthews is starting this weekend against Leicester. Leinster. Yeah, which, no, exactly. And I think, I don't think George Turner's even started a match potentially this season. I think yeah, Johnny yeah. Matthews has started two and Fraser Brown's started two. So just feels like George Turner's potentially coming in a little bit. Um, a little bit light. Although at the same time, I, I, I do think he he probably deserves to to start. But just interesting that Danny Wilson seems to be choosing Johnny Matthews over him. Him and uh, him and Matt Fagerson are on the bench tomorrow night, and Xander and Ali Price are starting. Which would be good to get Ali Price and Xander some game time before they get sh- immediately shipped back to Scotland. Yeah. Well, we've got one more one more week of URC to get through before before the Scotland matches kick off. But the last question we asked you about the the autumn internationals um, was your predictions on scores or, or for the four games. There's an awful lot of people saying two out of four. Quite a few um, three out of four fours thinking that we might pick off one of um, South Africa or um, Australia. Matt, where, where are you falling down on this one, Scotland's four games in the autumn? Yeah, I think we, we talked about this before, and I, you know, I, I can see a situation where we win three, but but also a situation where like we maybe just win the Tonga game. Uh, I, I, I'd like to think we're strong enough now to, to beat Japan, and that loss that we suffered against in the World Cup was you can maybe put that down to, to a bit of a one-off. I think six months ago, nine months ago, I would have been very confident about beating that Australia team and we've got a good record against them in recent years, but they do seem to have come on to a good game. Yeah. Dave Rennie. Albeit, I think a couple of their victories against South Africa maybe came at like a good time for them and a bad time for South Africa. So I, I think two is sort of passable three would be great 
I, I could almost see us like if we do win to actually maybe losing Australia, maybe losing, oh, I don't know, potentially beating South Africa with a kind of heroic performance, but then not backing it up. That would be quite Scottish. Oh, well, losing to Japan in the first game. Something games. like that, yeah. Yeah, that would be very fun. Losing to uh, Australia in a disappointing manner and then having this like great batch to the wall performance against South Africa. Alan, what do you reckon? I could, I could very easily see that as well. I think Australia probably, I think people are underrating them given yeah. sort of their performances in the rugby championship. And I think South Africa are still a little bit overrated. I appreciate they beat, just beat New Zealand. So it's complete, a bit of a, <laughs> some people say that's a mental statement, but I think um, I could see something similar to what to what Matt just said, where we get a little bit caught cold by Australia and then Finn pulls out one of his sort of like annually like legendary performances against yeah. South Africa at home. Just can't believe that they can't, why are they not putting the South Africa game on at like 6, 7 p.m.? It, Murrayfield is just so much better when it's dark. <laughs> the three o'clock kickoff. Yeah, I think so. I think it's earlier than that. It might be the one o'clock kickoff. It's really, oh. it's re- the South Africa game's really early. It's like when they put the old firm games on at like eleven a.m. A- You're just gonna have to start the sesh like earlier, earlier, and earlier in the day. Book, book a table at the Rosie at half nine. Yeah, <laughs> first WKD at ten a.m. sharp, and then you know the rest of the day flows from there. <laughs> yeah, one one o'clock kickoff for South Africa and Japan, and a two two fifteen kickoff for Australia. On a Sunday, Australia as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so rubbish. I wonder if it's like a local, like like a council thing that they're not allowed to have matches sort of later because it feels, I don't know. I, and I'm obviously saying that as well as someone who would not have to then travel far after the match, right? I imagine if you're coming from Aberdeen or coming from Glasgow, a match being played at 6pm is really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Game, yeah, but a game being played at 1pm is also really fucking annoying. Yeah, no, that's true. Anyway, either anyway. way, it's annoying. It's Jeff Bezos. It's the be- it's the Bezos um, scheduling program. Oh he's yeah, it's on, it's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? He's been he's that's the thing. He's been focusing too much on space and not enough on the scheduling of the Autumn Nations Championship. <laughs> he's dropped he's dropped a ball. <laughs> this is a, a real shame to see, but very 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 exciting as always to talk through the Scotland first Scotland squad of the season um but we will be with you naturally through the whole of the uh the autumn nations as we get there but there is still some of rock nation's finest URC to get through um before we get to that as we said at the top last weekend both scottish pro teams winning in fairly unimpressive fashion but Glasgow eking out a win, 17-6, down in uh, in Zebra. And I think they're now sitting fourth overall in the table. We kind of talked about this when we were last together two weeks ago. Scottish teams, you know, they can kind of be probably pretty happy with where they are in the in the pickings of the of the URC, Matt. Yeah, I think so. I was I was almost quite surprised to see how high up Glasgow and, and Edinburgh were, considering you'd say maybe their start has been mixed. I, I suppose you kind of caveat with the fact that with the fact that the big Irish teams do seem very far ahead of, of where the Scots are and the, and the rest of the tournament for that matter. Yes. I think there were, you can take some positives out of both those victories. I think for Glasgow, they made quite a few changes. Like Duncan Weir was coming in for the first time. You had um, sort of Conciliere making his debut and Nick Gregg coming in 
and, and quite a few changes in the in the pack as well. And and I even think with Glasgow's almost strongest team at the moment, it it hasn't quite clicked. So to make all those changes, it's understandable that it was scrappy. And I think with Edinburgh that, you know, if 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 they were playing like trying to play a more expansive game and losing tight games, you'd you'd maybe worry because you'd think maybe it's not suited for for going up in this league. But I think the fact that they won a close game against a big physical Bulls side, mm-hmm. like, and, and once again, it, you know, it feels as if Blair's not 100% decided on his best team, trying different combinations, different guys out. Like, it's it's once again a, a solid enough victory, I suppose. I have to admit, I think, you know, Duncan Wears still seems to be struggling a little bit with um, with direct in that Glasgow team. So, mm. Was surprised that he's retained the ten jersey for this uh, for the match against Leinster, and they've got Ross Thompson at fifty. Yeah, it's strange. Which I I, I wasn't sure when you said Cole Forbes was injured. No, he's he's on the bench for Glasgow this weekend. Oh, is he? I thought he was. In my, I must have got that wrong. So clearly, he's he. Yeah. So they've gone with um, Duncan Ware at ten and Ross Thompson at fifteen, which I would have assumed based on a bit of kind of form over the last few games that they would have gone with Ross Thompson at 10. Do you think this is a SRU mandate? So they can prep prep for Thompson at 15 for Scotland and Kinghorn at 10 against Tonga? Why would you yeah, do that? I understand. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> just play Ross Thompson at 10 and Kinghorn at 15. <laughs> like, I can kind of just about get my head around Kinghorn being the 10 for Edinburgh. Right, but like, give him a bit of time to play more than he's only played like sixty minutes. Yeah, it's like like that. Yeah, the Madman meme, like uh, Don Draper, just being like, "How about Thompson at fifteen and Kinghorn at 10 This is fine. It's. I also feel like suddenly after last season, everyone's just like, Kinghorn's not not good enough at fifteen. You're like, he's like still pretty good back in the day, like. Taking the, the taking the social media temperature, there's a lot of lot of dislike for maybe not dislike, but a lot of like yeah. not rating of Kinghorn out there. A lot of people don't don't hold him in particularly high regard. I know, which I've never sort of quite got. I I, I do generally think as sort of like natural ability, he's up there as one of sort of the the top three players in Scotland, and he's still young, right? He's like twenty four, yeah. um, and he's got twenty five caps for Scotland. So, you know, maybe he would have, we would have hoped he would have kicked on a little bit more, but um, still feels like, given his skill set, that fifteen should probably be his strongest position. Yeah, or or he's like a a winger who you are happy, who maybe isn't the quickest, but is a good ball player and someone you'd be happy with popping up at twelve. Yeah. Um, have you seen the Leinster team that they're putting out against Glasgow? No, it is terrifying. <laughs> Pat is Keen Healy, Ronan Kelleher, Tyg Furlong. Oh God! The back row: Jack Cohn and Dan Levy and Caelan Doris. Luke oh McGrath, Ross Bourne, Ross Byrne, James Lowe, Kieran Frawley. Don't know anything about Guy Ringrose, Adam Byrne, Hugo Keenan, Van der Fleer, Gibson Park, Toner, Ruddock, Alatoa <laughs> on the bench. Yeah, on the bench. Ugh. Cool, bro. Yikes. <laughs> God. That's Friday Night Lights at Scottsdale, though. Is it at Scottsdale? Yeah, it is. Oh, fair enough. 
Scotsland tomorrow night, seven seven thirty. I thought it was at the RDS. Huh. Could be interesting. Could be very very interesting. And Edinburgh um, on Saturday. Zebra kind of re- Zebra now Zebra Parma. They've like rebranded. They've just like Parma, added like, just like added Parma nice, on the end of their name. Parma's quite a nice branding though. It's like yeah, I feel good about Parma. Yeah, good ham, nice place, presumably. Like really sweet football team back in the day. Yes, but dodgy. Is Parma like, quite mafia e? No, well, well, Parma the football club was sponsored by the local company, which was called Parmalat, which made like cheese and ham and okay. became like one of the biggest consumer goods companies in Europe. And then it was revealed. It was an absolutely massive fraud. So that's why remember when Parma had like Hernan Crespo and stuff and Maeve Veron, did he play for them? Yeah. Yeah. That was all built on like this crooked, crooked accountants at Parmalat. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. They're a great, fun team to manage and prime manager, though. Oh, fun, yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah. So, um, but Zebra Parma are rock bottom of the um, Rock Nation uh, URC. Um, no wins in four and only one little bonus point. So they are adrift. So you would hope that Edinburgh can, uh, can do a number on them. You'd hope so. <laughs> yeah. We have been here before. And yes, not gone our way. But if Glasgow with that team, you know, not their best team, have managed to scrape through, then I think Edinburgh should be fine. There's some good. I'm I'm reading the Edinburgh Edinburgh website. There's lots of like sort of stat packs that they put at the bottom of them. Um, Edinburgh Rugby have not won away from home since a trip to Connet on the 13th of March. So there you go. Hmm. I wonder if that's quite an unfair stat, though, because the 13th of March is quite yeah. close to the end of the season. Yeah, it's not a great stat. <laughs> Zebra Parma have lost their last eight fixtures against Scottish opponents. There you go. Oh, that's a record just asking. To be that, is, that, is, <laughs> I'm, that feels too positive, actually. I yeah. can't remember them winning eight in a row. Yeah, I know. Edinburgh's only victory in their last five visits to Italy was 26-10 in this equivalent fixture last year, played on the 23rd of January. The addition of the specific date at the end of that stat felt unnecessary. Really, <laughs> re- really, really detailed. But anyway, those are the stats. If you scroll right to the bottom of the Edinburgh page, there's some uh, clearly copy and pasted stuff from, some, from a central stats pack that I've quite enjoyed there. Um, Need to try and work out how we've got an Airbnb in Manchester with another couple who have literally zero interest in not only rugby, but obviously specifically Glasgow Warriors and URC mm. rugby. Need to work. He's trying to really find a way to sell in Glasgow Leinster on Friday night. Cause I feel like it could be a good match. If Glasgow can at least like stay in the contest. Yeah. It's, um, just send him, send him this podcast. Look, have a listen. See what you feel. <laughs> when they, yeah, when they sort of, they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, have you heard of Rock Nation? Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you a social media trailer <laughs> for the URC. <laughs> that would actually be that would genuinely have to be referred to like a regulator as a mis-selling scandal. That is, <laughs> that is genuinely outrageous. Send a complaint to Ofcom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great fun to do that. Um anyway, I feel like we have straight. Um, whenever we get too far into slagging off Rock Nation, we probably need to call it a day. Um, is there any uh, other two, business two, that we need to cover six. off, lads? Super 6, quickly. 
Oh yes, of course. Um, the 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 culmination of the the first proper season of the Super Six, Air Tribules, um, running out as um as champions. Mao Super Six has been has been pretty good this year. Yeah, I think it's been really good. I think the last weekend was felt like a really great culmination to to the whole piece, and obviously the Bulls and and the Knights were probably the best teams. Mm. And deserve to be in the final, but I think it was, I think in the end, like almost every team, you know, beat beat the other team at least once, or everyone on their day showed that they were like more than a match for the other team. So, and I think that even Barmir obviously came came last, but I think their points difference was only like negative fifty or something um, across however many games it was. So they're like, it seems as if the the competition was was tight. Um, I'm still not. I haven't spoken to anyone. We've not really spoken to anyone like closely involved with it, who's played, you know, in the Premiership and the Super Six. It'd be interesting to hear someone who's been involved whether they think it is genuinely a step up. Because mm. I think, like, just on face value, it seems like a step up. But I don't know if that's genuinely just because the media coverage is really good and far better than it was in the past, which always makes things look a li- little bit better. That's true. But presentation does matter in terms of getting people interested in it, which is yeah, part, no, of, I, I, part yeah. of the game. I think yeah. Mark, Mark Palmer, I think did a piece at the, it was either over the weekend or at the beginning of the week where I think he cited unnamed sources, but playing sources saying that the, uh, they have felt it has been a bit of a step up. So, you know, if the broadsheets are saying it, surely, surely <laughs> it is a step up. And great to see the nails. Go down to place. I was going to say, I was, I was going, I was saving it as a little. That's the real sort of like dessert. It's the little chocolate truffle, the little chocolate mint at the end of a dinner. That yep. the nails ended up at sixth at the bottom of the super six. You do love, you love to see it. You truly do. Yeah. Do you think that's, it sa- um, says anything that none of the Edinburgh teams after they gave Edinburgh sort of three teams managed to kind of get into the the top two? I appreciate it probably. Southern Knights and um, Anersha were always going to be the, the two favourites, but do you think maybe it's potentially spread the talent a little bit too thin in Edinburgh? Are you joking? I don't know. Just Come on, they need, you need more teams in Edinburgh. You need to get a new team that's in between Meyer's side, where, where the, the second 15 pitch is at Watson's at Meyer's side. <laughs> establish a new a really good, there. really good team. Um, it's a really good pitch, actually. That yeah, it is a good pitch. I think I think it's interesting that I think not to bag Sonians too much, but I think that the Bulls and the Knights, although they obviously br- have brought in players and bringing players from the local area, like they do benefit from really good youth setups. And although Sonians have the school, it's not it's not the same as having a mini rugby setup. And I think mm. that you have to bring in a lot of players from around Scotland, different clubs and also from abroad. And it probably hasn't, although they are a super six club, like it's probably not brought them quite the levels of success that they would have wanted from that investment. Cause I think, and probably Chris Hunter will write in and tell us they were wrong, but <laughs> it, I think it's cost quite a lot of money. I, I, I don't know the details, but as uh, I'm willing spoke, to a, spokes, a spokesperson to what Sonian says, this is all lies. <laughs> I'm willing to speculate wildly, but yeah, I think they have spent quite a lot of money, and 
I think it just shows sometimes that like, and if you, if you have that um, proper use set up, it's, it's a pretty good foundation, which sounds like an obvious thing to say. I've got absolutely no idea, but I will, I don't know. I'll, I'll challenge your word. And uh, if a representative of what's Williams wants to come in and, and make fun of Matt, we will absolutely print that word for word. So please do, please do get in touch um, with us. Uh, but super six, absolutely. Uh, what are those players going to do now? Just chill. Chill. Just chill. They're chill, not allowed. Chill. They're not allowed to play down either. So they can't go and play for like air. 10 month off season. I hope yeah. that tw- I hope that twelve grand uh, they've saved that wisely. It goes it's going to split across the rest of the year, right? Well, on that on that particular note, let's call it a night. Um, follow us on Twitter. That's at Thistle Rugby Pod. We'll be doing coverage of the games over the weekend and any other little tidbits that we see. Um, subscribe to our newsletter. That's on Substack Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, um, and on uh, we're on Instagram as well. That's Thistle underscore Rugby under stroke pods and we will be back doing a tonga preview next week we're into international rugby very very exciting let's hope there's two more pro wins this weekend as well thanks a lot everybody cheers see ya planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.